0: Welcome to the show! She's Amy he's
1: She's Scotty Kipfer.
0: Welcome to the show!
1: This week we are speaking with Canada's most recognized and awarded authentic Western Swing group. Two of the members of that group
0: today. Super talented. You also know Stacy. From her time with Lace, with Beverly Mahood, and with Giselle. You've probably seen Shane on stage with anybody from Dean Brody to Jason Blaine, you name it, he's played with them. Uh, We're really happy to welcome these two amazing musicians, Shane and Stacey Lee Gousset. How's it going? (laughs) We are living the dream, you guys. Most excellent. How How are you? Fabulous.
1: Scotty is growing a uh, quarantine facial hair situation.
0: You got the quarantine beard going on? I'm, I'm <laughs> renaming it. It's not COVID anymore. It's Movid. Oh, <laughs> nice. oh there you go. Now, come. does yours come
2: in like mine, where it just sort of comes in and patches all over your face, but, like, not an actual exactly. beard? Exactly. Or...
0: Yeah, yeah. That's just
2: called the 12-year-old boy. That old yeah.
0: song, Patches, was actually about me. Um, <laughs> they didn't know it. but You're about
2: me trying to grow a beard. <laughs> yeah. I tried it once, and I believe uh, Stacy's comment was, you're not keeping that, are you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Supportive
1: Stacy. <laughs> hey,
3: you know what? The last time he did Movember, I told him that if he did it again I was gonna join him.
1: You know what? I can't really, I really say probably
3: grow a beard quicker than he I can <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is not
3: a joke. It's on.
1: I've got the, uh, I definitely have the, uh, the, the quarantine hair going on. It's, there's about five different colors right now. Most of it's coming in gray. <laughs> oh my god! I
3: know. i it's like a, it's a thing of beauty. I've been, I've done one dye job on myself, and I think I've cut my bangs three times already. So.
1: Wow. Well, your hair looks Thanks. super cute though. So we've been seeing you guys every Friday for your honky tonk cocktail hour, and you look, you're always, you're always all dressed up, and I'm sitting there in my pajamas from 4 days ago. And- <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, dude, I, I, Shane will Shane will attest to this. That is the one day that I actually get dressed and look pretty. The rest is like sloth. There's like <laughs> no in there's no in between. There is no like, you know, midday kind of, you know, presentable. It's either like picture ready or sloth.
0: That's, it. That's one of the things that I love about this whole deal is that it used to be I'd do my gigs on the weekend and then I'd have Monday to, you know, Thursday to do my normal sort of day-to-day stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I would just let myself go for four days. Um, and, then, and then the weekend would roll around and again and I'd have to pull myself together and shave and, you know, the whole, the whole deal. I don't have to do that anymore. So, it's my, a
2: lot longer than four days, is what you're saying. Now.
0: That's right. That's right. So now, like my my whole deal was I was gonna do Movember just as soon as I hit puberty.
4: Um, I'm still waiting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. So am I. Uh, but yeah, you're so killing me. so this is just more of an experiment than anything. But uh, yeah, the hair I needed a haircut before this thing started too, and uh, me too. Wow. Me boy. too. I was
3: like two weeks overdue before this all began. So yep. now it's just. I mean, now it's just a race with myself. I'm working on a full-on Conway Twitty. That's what
0: I'm working
1: towards. I'm looking forward to seeing that.
0: The funny thing God, is about wait, that, Shane, right? I was looking in the mirror last night, and I thought, holy cow, I'm Conway. <laughs> yeah.
1: <it's>, yeah. <laughs> That's
2: it. So now we know it's, you know, it wasn't easy for him to have the hair like that. Like, you know, that took some time uh, and patience to get,
0: to that level. And
1: a lot of product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, we are happy to have you on the podcast, guys. And I, I have been asking other artists this, and I want to ask you this as well. Do you think that, you know, when we can get back to having live music again, do you think that all of the... The content that's coming at us on social media, do you think that's going to continue? Do you think that's just a kind of a turn of where things are happening, that that's going to be included? Or do you think that, you know, it's going to simmer down I, a bit?
2: I think it probably will continue, but I don't think it will continue the same. I think it's going to get slicker. I think it's going to get more produced.
3: More streamlined, for sure. Maybe okay. on,
2: on different platforms where it's more of a ticket-based type of thing? I, I mean, I don't know, but I, I see some of these things already starting to happen, things like side door access. And and uh, and I think that that could definitely become a thing, because even as we come back into being able to play, it's going to be a long time coming in, and it's going to be gradual. Like, yeah. we might be able to play in Ontario, but, the you know, how long is it going to be before you can get on a plane and get you know out of province or out of country? When are you going to be able to cross the border? Mm-hmm. So, in order to access people that are in places you can't get to the internet is sort of that's your only option. Right.
3: Well, and and that being said, considering the fact that this all kind of came up as quickly as it did, I think that the technology has to catch up, right? they they are they are racing to keep up so that some people can have access. So I think on the other side of this, yes, it's still going to be here, but it's going to it'll it'll change into that thing that it, that again helps bands like us that are you know seven people that we um that we have we can't get across the country that easily or that you know like it's expensive to Mm -hmm. fly everybody over but i think things like this you know the technology that will come of this will definitely help us out in that and that's a positive i think
0: yeah i mean especially if if you have the ability to have seven people in a band performing from their own houses without the delay that we currently have, right? If they can fix that, yes. then the sky's okay. the limit. Oh
2: yeah! I mean, even if it if it got to the point where we could all actually be in the same room, the same house or same place yeah, together, yeah. It would be nice. And we, then you could video from there It'd be a, a lot easier. But uh...
3: we just need to wait until ten people can get
0: together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're already over the five-person limit. Right. <laughs> We're screwed until until we can get that next. Uh, just put just put, put Jimmy and Chappie in the shed, they'll be fine.
1: But you know what? That that might not be a bad idea, anyway. <laughs> so, have you been uh, keeping up very closely with the uh, with the rest of the band? I know I, we've been seeing you know your videos. Um, I really enjoyed your uh, take on the "We Are One World" song that uh, Jason McCoy challenged you on. That was really awesome. Have you, outside of you know making videos, have you been uh, all checking in on each other regularly?
2: Yeah, we've been checking in. Uh, we've all been talking. The other night, we actually did a video chat with a bunch of us. Which was uh, it quite was hilarious.
3: And the, the funniest part about it was that Shane was down in the office and I was in the living room, and I got a Facebook Messenger video call from him, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like ten feet away from you, and you video calling me. But then I realized that there were, you know, five or, you know, six other people attached to it. But it was very
2: funny. Nice. Five other people, I guess. I can't so, do math. So yeah, we've been we've been keeping in touch with everybody, and we've got some more videos uh, just ready now, uh, so they'll be coming out in the next few days, but it's a, uh,
3: it's, it's a really, strange time.
2: It's a very strange time. It's very strange not to be able to be in the room and playing together.
1: You as a band yes. have been yes. together since yes. what, 2009?
3: Uh, oh yep. gosh, what is that? Yeah, that'd be about right. Eleven,
4: Eleven,
1: oh, years. Oh, 11 years. How did you all find each other?
3: To, to be honest,
2: we all knew each other beforehand, um, but we hadn't all played together as a whole. So I knew Everybody.
3: In fact, Jimmy and Ed were in the band that Shane was playing in when we met 24 years ago. Little that Rock. Was Little Rock. Oh, cool. And yeah, That yeah. was that was Fred Hales' country bar band back then. I was
2: playing at the the university bar at Laurier.
3: And I walked up and I pegged him right right off the bat. I just.
1: <laughs> you walked in like a scene out of a movie <laughs> Hair blowing you know in the breeze
3: what? I up and asked him for a job That's what I said <laughs>
2: she, was, she was looking for a gig I'm not even joking And not being an idiot I was like, oh yeah, I know lots of people You should give me your phone number <laughs>
0: <laughs> So you, you got a little more than you bargained for, right?
3: <laughs> oh, oh, did he? Boy, oh boy, oh, did we're we're he? Done.
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I forget where we were going. Oh yeah, we were so talking about the other yeah, guys. So in the how, band. I played gigs with Chappy. You know everybody knows Chappy, and I knew Dan from the commercial. I had met Dan through the commercial tavern. The
3: only one that we really didn't know all that well was Matthew. Well, coming I knew, into but it. I, I knew Shane Matthew
2: because I played in a band with Mike Herb called the Hanger Chiefs, and he was the bass player. That's and right. so, but when we played our first gig, we had none of us had all been in this same room together at the same time. Like the entire band had like never ever. met as a whole.
0: Hmm.
3: Until
2: we played that first gig. It was slightly terrifying.
3: The first gig was the first gig.
0: What was the first gig?
2: At it was the commercial,
3: commercial. commercial.
2: Okay. So came up with the idea of doing this and we we're like, we're gonna need a place to play. Who's gonna let a Western <laughs> Spring Band play? And I was like, I know.
0: Paul Weaver will do it.
2: <laughs> uh, Paul Weaver will do it. And uh, and you know what? He was he was gracious enough to let us come in and, and build a band. Uh, Paul Weaver's
3: birthday today, too. It is his is birthday Is it really? Today. Yes. Well, yep. Yeah. And well. Charlie St. Dennis, who was our first drummer, the original drummer in the original band.
0: That's Correct. a throwback. Oh. Cool. Isn't that crazy? So <sighs> how did the Western swing idea come into, into reality?
2: Well, Charlie gave me a DVD of the Time Jumpers, the, the, that PBS special that they did. Yep and at that point i didn't know who they were i didn't know anything about them
3: but you had grown up listening i've grown western up listening swing to western swing
2: asleep of the wheel it was especially mm-hmm. in, in old bob will stuff yep. milton brown stuff but charlie gave me this dvd you're gonna love this band and i was watching and i was like oh my gosh like you know oh for years i'd listen to the wheel and be like oh i just kill to play in a band like that and then i was watching that dvd and i was like oh what i wouldn't give to have a band like that and that's when Stacy looked at me and went, well, why don't you then? Right. Why don't you do it? And so I, so I did. So I just sent everybody a message that I thought might be into it, and uh, and that message went out, and the next day, uh, we had a band.
0: What era was that PBS special shot in? Was that the Aubrey Haney days? Yes. Right, cool.
3: Yeah, Carolyn Martin was in the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
2: Eleven pieces, I think, they were. So yeah, Car- Carolyn Martin and Don Sears were both singing in the band.
0: Oh.
3: Uh, <laughs> which, God, like, could you get a better... No yeah. kidding. Oh.
2: Yeah, I was. Ranger
3: uh, Ranger um, Ranger Doug... is still still in, but, yeah. but he's in the Aubrey Heaney was
2: there. Yeah, it was before Larry Franklin became the third fiddler. And John Huey. And John Huey was playing steel. Right,
0: playing right. Yeah, Papa John. Funny, I was just listening to that first record, which was recorded live at the station and yep. uh i didn't know that um at that point that that there were you know people switching in and out of that band so yeah i was surprised when uh you know kenny gets on and he goes "Oh, this song is going to feature our, uh, our our fiddle player aubrey haney and and it was yeah. like wait a minute what, what? so
2: there's, uh, a, there's an even older recording of that band before that where it's uh hoot hester was playing fit. So, really that's right
0: yeah. wow so- where, where's that available
2: um, you can
1: get it on iTunes. That
0: Scotty's gonna good. write
1: that one down. Uh, I'm <laughs> writing it
0: down right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where do I get that? I'm <laughs> such a jumpers nerd. I've seen them probably nine or ten times now. In, uh, in oh my Nashville. god, um, they're just
3: so stinking good.
0: So good, yeah. Just oh yeah, really great dudes too. And uh, I, I um, know I
3: almost peed my pants when I when when we got because I got to sing with them a couple years ago.
0: Yeah, tell me about that.
3: Oh my god, pretty sure a little bit of pee came out. To be quite <laughs> honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had already been out for supper, and we had uh, had a lovely pasta dinner and quite a copious amount of red wine, I recall. Yes. We were out with Jason and Amy, Jason Blaine. Yep. And uh, Jason had gotten us tickets to go to see the jumpers because he knew the guy that owned Linsley. Perfect. And he talked to the guy and and ended up you know, getting us some pretty decent seats and then in the meantime went back and... Uh, the guy took us backstage. He's like, break? hey, do you want to meet guys? And we're like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, we get to the back, and, you know, Vince Gill's sitting over here, and Kenny's over here. And we're trying to be cool. But we're trying, we're not, we were totally we're not, not cool. cool. We were, like, way not cool. <laughs> and uh, it just so happened that I think it was, was it Andy? So on this trip, we were going down to Nashville, and we knew we wanted to go see
2: the jumpers. So I was looking at the schedule, and there was this huge hole in the schedule from like mid December till February and it didn't say anything on their website and I'm like well, and
3: we're, we were down in January. That and can't
2: be right because they're there every week normally. So I was friends with Andy Reese on Facebook. And I thought, Well I'm just gonna send him a message. He probably won't answer but I'll send him a message and see. So I sent a message that hey, I you know, my wife and I are coming down, one of the main reasons we're coming down is to see you guys and I'm looking at your schedule and it doesn't say that you're there but I just wanna make sure if, like if you're not gonna be there then we'll come at a different time. And he sent back and he said, Oh yeah, no, we're there. The only time we're not there is the week of Christmas and then he sent another message right after that. And he goes, Aren't you in the Western Swing Authority? <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. So I I said, Well yeah, so, so we gleaved out a little bit. We were so like, so like a little like, yeah, man, I love your bed, it's really cool and I was, so I was that kinda of made my week and life. then
4: <laughs> maybe, maybe
2: life. Maybe, maybe life. life. And then when we went down and we ended up backstage. He comes over and he's like, "Hey, oh,
3: these guys." And he's introducing us to everybody. Yeah, you're gonna get these guys up to play.
2: They're got their fans, really good. And uh, we're like, "Oh no, no, no! We're just, uh, we're just here to, we're just you're here to hang out, out and listen. Like, we're, we're just here to see you guys." And uh, well, you tell this part. No,
3: right, right, before we're walking, they're walking up on stage, and Kenny walks up to me and he's like, "Well, what are you going to sing?" And I was like, oh, I, no, I'm, I'm really happy. Like, I just, I'm totally enjoying this. This is wonderful. I was like, well, you know, they said you can sing, so I think you should get up here and sing. So what are you going to sing? And I was like, oh. And I'm thinking, oh, crap. Uh, what, tonight, what do I know that has, like, really few words? Because if I screw it up and I forget something or whatever, so I'm like, it's all your fault. I said, he's like, okay, what gear do you do it in? And I was like, see. Si. And then I walked back, and I'm like, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And sure enough, he called me up, and I was sitting right between Kenny Sears and Vince Gill and poop in my pants.
1: That is amazing. <laughs> you must have been and so it's nervous. it's funny, like,
3: the first chunk of time went by, like, the first part, and I was so nervous and I could tell and I was, you know, the adrenaline was going and I was, but as soon as they started passing the solos around and then I was coming in for the second part, it was so amazing because it was really very much like singing with our band, and I don't think had I had, you know, had I not had that experience of, you know, playing seven or eight years with us, I think I still would have been like really nervous, but it really felt, it was, it was a lovely experience. It was so
1: fun. I just want to say, I can only imagine the nerves that you went through, Stacey. So kudos to you. Did you, uh, you obviously got over the nerves pretty quickly or no?
3: It was, it was okay. We, you know, like I made, I, I made it through. And then by the time I sat down, I think I was just flying high for the rest of the whole trip. Like. It was uh, was definitely a bucket list. I've always wanted to sing with Vince Gill. Vince Gill and Randy Travis, and I I missed out on the Randy Travis thing. So, man, it was uh, was just cool.
0: That's so wild. It's like a drug, isn't it?
3: It is.
0: (laughs) So where were you in this moment, Shane?
2: Oh, I was out front taking video. That's what I was doing. (laughs) It was amazing. I was standing at the bar videoing it all because uh, I was just like, yeah, this is, you know.
3: It was incredible.
2: Somebody better... Document this and, uh, yeah, Jason had also taken video of it as well. And, uh, but yeah, I was just, I was loving every minute of it. It was great.
0: What goes through your head then when you're, when you're watching your wife sing with these legends? Like, you know, you're, you're living it sort of through the lens of the camera, but what's going through your head?
2: Oh, man. I was just super proud of her for getting up and and killing it. And I was just kind of goofy. Like, I had a big goofy (laughs) grin on my face and I was, you know, it was great. And, uh, and I knew like I knew she was super nervous when yeah. they were going to get her up to sing, but I knew she was going to kill it. I, I, there was no doubt in my mind that she was going to be just fine and hold her own, but it was just, uh, but it was just really cool to watch it happen.
1: Let's talk a little bit uh, about um, you guys as a couple and working together, because I know I love Steph uh, a heck of a lot, but I couldn't work with him. So what is that like uh, for the, the both of you to work together?
3: Well, so I would say before the quarantine began, working together was kind of like our date night, because... We, you know, he has his own stuff going on. He plays with Dean, he plays with lots of other people. I have other stuff going on, plus the kids stuff, you know, between the two of us. Um, So when we would get together to do WSA stuff, that was like our date time, really. Now, I feel like that's changed a little bit since quarantine has happened, because we have been in the same house now (laughs) longer than we have ever, 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 ever been in the house together since we met because I don't think I've been home this long ever ever like between the two of us and so like I'm I'm finding our uh, our patience is not exactly the same as it was You know, before this all began. But I mean, we still like each other. So
1: that's good. I think that's pretty normal. And you know what? It probably is true. And and because, you know, I'm with a musician as well who uh, was out on the road. It's reprieve isn't the right word, but that's your normal, you know? Like when Shane is out with Dean or whoever he's playing with at the time, uh, you know, you're holding down the fort at home. Totally get that. And so being home together, it's stepping on each other's toes. I have a three story house and somehow he can always find me. (laughs) Right? <laughs> You're like, I'm in the closet, would you leave me alone? Well, and I
2: think it's and it's not just the two of us. You know, That's We're it. also here, and, and the kids are home 24-7. So it's, you know. And
3: my mom is living with us for the past month and a half. So, okay. Because um, she was going through some medical stuff, and so um, we had her move in with us so she wouldn't be completely by herself in her apartment building. So yeah, like it's it's getting our close house is, in here.
2: Has shrunk considerably. Yeah.
0: Since we so you're basically yeah. living in a in a in a CMT sitcom right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we have been oh talking. We have been talking about like starting our own reality show <laughs> called We're Awesome, yeah. and it's just like everything that could possibly go wrong, and then yeah, I don't know.
2: because yeah. <laughs> that we would do that all the time. Like we'd be driving somewhere, or we'd be at home, and something. really ridiculous would happen like uh, you know like when the kids were little like one of them pooped on the floor and then walked into the kitchen with it in (laughs) her hand and went daddy I went you know and I'm like oh my god and then you know and then you're like and then you get a call and you're supposed to be doing an interview for something and then you're doing this and then you're you know and we just look at each other and be like
3: this is just, we're awesome. like, nobody would believe this, right? Like, just nobody would, you can't make this up.
1: Make it happen. I would so watch that.
3: <laughs> well, it could still happen, and eh? We got, like, yeah, we I think it. we got years. Oh, here comes the garbage truck. You guys Girl. are gonna love this. <laughs> see? See? Oh, this is it. This is like our, this is the reality show right, right now. now we
2: yeah. are, actually, we're not even in our house right now because we can't find a quiet place in the house. So we're actually outside
3: in our driveway
2: in our pop-up tent trailer.
3: I was
1: going to ask if you were going to be in the tra- in the trailer or
0: not. Okay. We are
3: in the camper right we're now. And this is, it's a lovely office, actually, on a, on a day like today, except when a garbage truck goes by because now I don't know what to do.
0: You gotta get that baby soundproofed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> could you imagine if we could, though? We'd be able to do. Uh, we'd be able to do like sessions out here and everything. It'd be great. Yeah.
0: You know what's funny? There's a, a a friend of mine. I don't know if you guys know Ryan Cook. He's a maritime artist super talented yeah he's great if you haven't heard it uh there's a record called um peaks and valleys that's dynamite you should check it out um actually i think jeff um from the time jumpers played on that record as well but uh yeah he uh he lives in a trailer and so he's been posting videos from self-isolation in his trailer he's got a little a little setup and he just did a record of uh of old hymns and so it's just him and a guitar he's a great picker Uh, and and just a super singer. So um, that record comes out, I think, next week. So check that out as well. Awesome.
1: So uh, let's get into a little bit of history here. Um, Let's start with you, Shane. Country music's always been a a big part with you growing up. Where were you first influenced all these years ago?
2: Well, I'm going to say probably initially from my grandfather. My grandfather loved fiddle music he was a he was a farmer but he was also a, a step dancer and so he he would do when they had the first canadian open contest uh, championship contest he was the guy that won it whatever however far back that was and so that kind of gave him this notoriety as, as a step dancer and um, and so they would fly him out and he would do guest spots on the don messer show and then it was him and my uncle and so Every time we would go to the farm there would always be fiddle music. Often there would always be a fiddler. Like people would just show up and be playing and and I don't he knew a lot of fiddlers and I'm not even sure how he knew so many but he did and then he would have a party every August where he would literally he would build an enormous dance floor. People would camp in the orchard. The back porch would be like a stage and there'd be fiddlers and they would play all night. And that was sort of my first introduction. So that's why I wanted to play the fiddle, because mm-hmm. I saw all these people playing, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. I have to do that. And so I begged my parents for fiddle. And then my parents uh, subsequently loved uh, music, and they loved dancing. So they would have parties, but they would the parties where people would dance. And so they liked that you know music that was you know good for dancing at that time. And so there was a lot of tunes. The, really what got me into Western Swing was there was a version of, they had an old reel-to-reel tape machine that they'd used for their parties, and there was a version of Merle Haggard doing Cherokee Maiden. Cool. And I loved that song, and, you know, even as a little kid, I loved it. I didn't know who it was, I just knew the song, and I loved it. There was something about the, the beat of it, and then, and uh, so when I got older, I kind of, you know, I figured out who it was, and I was like, oh, yeah, Merle Haggard, and then I realized, oh, but that's not a Merle Haggard song, even though he's known for being a writer, you know, this is an old song, and I started digging back, and then that's when I found, you know, uh, Bob Wills, Texas Playboys, and uh, Milton Brown, and and um, and sort of that, you know, all that, you know, but that stuff's all from the 30s and 40s. And then I stumbled across a, a recording of Sleep at the Wheel, and uh, and then I just kind of blew my mind, <laughs> and then I was like, oh my gosh, this is sort of the greatest thing. And I, all the while, still growing up in a family that listened to country music, so I also, you know, like when Randy Travis first came on the scene, that was a, that first album of his was a huge one. Mm -hmm. Like, I know all those songs, just from having listened to that album so many times. Um, So, kind of all these different influences, but uh, why I started playing music would have been because of my grandfather.
0: And when did you get that first fiddle?
2: Uh, I'm going to say I was nine when I got it, I cool. think. The first one I got, and I was about nine.
0: Were you doing the step dance thing too?
2: Yep. I started that probably not, a little, maybe a little bit before. And I did that, and I went and I did all the contests and all that stuff when I was a kid. Yeah.
0: Is there video of that? <laughs> well, was, but I'm not telling you where it is. <laughs> I... Call me later. Okay, cool. We, uh, we, we had uh, we had Genevieve Fisher on uh, last week and she was telling us about uh, when she was just little she was she did her first singing contest when she was two years old and uh, she's saying you are my sunshine at this local talent show. And and so we said, well, is there video? And she said, yeah, actually, it's on a Dropbox. And so she sent she it to us. She
1: offered it, no problem.
0: Yeah, so we're, we might uh, start a new thing. So if you send me Shane, a little, little <laughs> Shane step dancing, I'll uh, I'll package that up too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here's a good one.
2: I can tell you, uh, somewhere there is footage. I was on. Do you remember Walter Osnack's polka time? Yes. Yeah. I was on that show.
0: Really? Come on. I was on
2: that show when I was a kid. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, so uh, there's a somewhere there is, and I met Walter years later. We were playing with WSA in Niagara Falls.
4: Yeah. And
2: this guy's walking by, and I'm like, God, that looks like, like Walter Osteneck. And he goes walking by, and then he sees me looking at him, and then he turns around <laughs> and starts walking towards me. So now I'm thinking, Oh crap! Oh, crap. It <laughs> better be Walter <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he comes over and he's like, I said, Hey. He goes, Hi. He goes. You were on my TV show. No way. And I was like, yeah. I said, like, a long, long, long time ago. He's like, yep, I remember you. I said, yeah. And so, and then he's been out to a few shows since, actually.
3: Yeah, he loves the band. It's awesome.
0: That's great.
1: So now, Stacy, same question for you. What about uh, where you got your uh, love for country music?
3: See, you now, I was much, much later when it came to country music. Um, I started out when I was just kind of coming out of high school, Um, my sister actually started liking, um, she started listening to new country music, Mm -hmm. and so I was, you know, I kind of came around the, you know, the Colin Ray, the Mm. Alan Jackson, Chattahoochee, like that era is where I kind of started to get into into more, you know, top 40 country music, Um, because before that, I was like, I was the R&B, pop, Motown girl. My dad was, you know, oldies and all kinds of, you know, Gladys Knight and uh that kind of you know Eddie James and Rita Franklin and all that kind of stuff and Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson were my mm-hmm. favorite so yeah like and I and I also grew up doing theater so I was into Broadway musicals and and all kinds of different stuff uh then started with the new country and then I moved up to uh, Waterloo to go to Wilfrid Laurier and that uh, second year I think I was in was I in first year? No, I was in second year when you I met were you in first year. No, I wasn't. Okay. Puff. Yeah, I think so. Oh, maybe not. No, I think maybe it was again. I think it was second year. And uh and from that point when, when I met Shane, then I got introduced to, you know, Patsy Klein mm-hmm. and, and all these other voices that I was like, Oh my gosh and and then I, I kinda settled in And I really I don't know, like I think I think I I have a I'm like a mutt, right? Like I've got so many different musical influences but Maybe well rounded. (laughs) Yeah, like finding that finding that more traditional sound that, you know, back in the days when the arrangements were lush and beautiful and and all that stuff, it kinda brought me back to, you know, some of that old jazz or some of those, you know, Aretha Franklin, those Motowns, um, you know, it was just such a neat it's you know, and that's the great thing about Western swing music, right? Um, so that kind of came from all of those different things. So when we do WSA stuff, we have, you know, we're we're kind of taking the best out of every genre that we all have different experiences playing, you know. So I'm, you know, I'm stealing stuff from R and B, and I'm stealing stuff from Motown. I'm stealing not not a lot of pop stuff anymore, but I'm stealing trad country, I'm stealing um, Jimmy Boudreau, our drummer, played with Mel Brown, so he's, you know, he's bringing blues into it, right. and it's like it's just such a neat thing, and you know, and that's what Western Swing gets to be, it's this it's this fusion genre that, you know, so many different influences, I just love that about it.
0: That's so interesting that, that you said uh, Western Swing is a fusion genre, I never thought about it that way.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean... It totally is like it's a combination of traditional country music and string band
3: music, and then big band swing. Mm-hmm, really, mm-hmm, yep. like the, the the big
2: band uh, jazz tunes.
3: And if you think about it, back in those days, you know when big band was popular, that was the pop music. Right,
0: right, right yeah.
2: So they were taking these guys were playing in string bands, playing dances and stuff on, on the weekends, and radio shows through the week, and and uh, but they. Yeah, that, that popular music of the day. So they would come up with their own arrangements of these big band tunes with the instrumentation that they had. And that's sort of how it all fused together. And then there was that <laughs> blues influence um, as well that, that came in uh, through the people working in the cotton farms. And,
3: and so that's there's, so great. yeah,
2: it's all this kind of mashed together to create this style of music.
1: The Western Swing Authority has got four albums to date, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, how have, you know, all of you, and I know you can only speak on uh, behalf of of the both of you, but how have you as a band, because you are a large band, how have you changed throughout these albums? Well,
2: I think there's been a lot of change. Uh, I think the first album was like we made it in about four and a half hours and i was seven and a half months pregnant with aubrey we as an experiment it was just uh we thought somebody offered up they said, hey why don't you come and he had a uh ben kempel he had a has a studio that used to be an old church and uh, we went in and we stayed for the afternoon and we ordered pizza and we hung out and we just played live and he recorded it and then that was the album just and then we listened to it after and went yeah, it turned out pretty
3: good. And really, I think it was a documentation, right? You know, we had just started playing together as a band. We had just, yeah. you know, we wanted to kind of say, hey, this is this new thing that we're doing. It was never really meant to be anything more than that. And it was all traditional all covered, songs. But
2: all all old All the traditional uh, covers of uh, traditional music. So we came to, you know, the next album, we had a couple of original tunes and more, again, sort of
3: starting to develop more of
2: our... I think as
3: soon as we started writing, we started sounding more like ourselves, and we didn't sound like we were just regurgitating other things, which we love to do. Like we love to champion all that stuff that you know everybody likes to play and those classics. I mean, Mm -hmm. they still deserve to be played. But I think I think the neatest thing that's happened over the process of making albums and being together as long as we have um, is like we we kind of sound very distinct now. I think we sound like us and we're bringing new things to the table that still pay homage to that older kind of more vintage sound. Yeah. So, it's just I don't know. I you feel can, I feel if fresh. Want,
2: yeah, well, if you want to keep the genre alive, you you've got to bring new new stuff to the table. Right. So, I'm I'm proud of the fact that we get to do that. And then I think I mean the last album we had a bunch of guests on with us the people that had you asked me when we were making the first album, I would have said there's no way that any of these people would ever do this. And then
3: And then they did. And then <laughs> they did.
2: You know, and then we had Ray Benson and, and, and Jane Monheit and the Russell DeCarl. Russell Carl, and Jason McCoy, McCoy. and George Canyon and you know, all so these many people, great people. Bruce Boughton and Buddy Spiker playing on, on a record with us. Like that's that was a huge
3: It's a big deal.
0: <laughs> so of all, all those people of all those people that you just mentioned, what was the one that you were like I can't believe we got it. Was that Ray? Was that Jane?
3: I I will definitely. For me, it was Jane. Yeah. Um, Ray was Ray was huge too. But like, I was I I don't think I stopped crying for like a day and a half when Shane told me that she had agreed to do this. I just kind of looked at him like he had seventeen heads, and I just wept every time it came to I my mind. I just looked at him and cried.
2: I didn't tell her that I had been talking with her,
0: and
3: he told me Christmas morning. Oh, a, oh wow! You're good. I was like, how do
0: you top that? You are good, sir. <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> like, seriously.
2: And of course, Ray. Ray was huge. I mean, Ray is huge. Ray, uh, yeah.
3: he's quite a large man. Yes, he is. Um,
2: it, that was a big one. I mean, we oh, had yeah. met him. We met him a few years prior, going down in the Meripolitan Awards, and we were playing in Austin, and he was there, and uh, we got to talk to him a little bit, and uh, he was very complimentary of the band, and, and so. Uh, at that point i was like okay now we sort of have and we have this back. connection like we we he knows who we are and and you know we've we've gotten along well but still i know how busy he is and like those guys never quit for a minute so i thought i don't know if we'll ever get him to do it but sure enough we did and it's so cool when you hear that voice come on the record because you're like oh my gosh i've been listening to that voice forever now it's on the record with us, which is that was super cool.
0: I I can, I can totally relate to that. We um we did this Callie McCullough record, and we had um we had Jeff Taylor and Ron Block and and Barry yeah. Bales. Stuart like it was Duncan. just Stewart Duncan. Yeah, it was just like it was it was the same thing. Like I know I know exactly the feeling that you're talking about when you is mind blowing. Yeah, when yeah. you hear something that you have created and you've got these legends on it, it's just there's nothing. I, I don't think there's anything like it in this world.
3: No, I th- and I'm, like, I just remember feeling such immense gratitude and, you know, the, the moments where you just kind of realize that everybody's just a regular old person just doing their thing, and, mm-hmm. and, and you can still be a regular old person and still make this amazing stuff that inspires everybody, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and to have a couple of those people that meant something that that important to us. I mean, man, we've been Whew.
2: really fortunate I think to be oh. to have been thrust into situations where it was a little maybe, you know nerve-wracking because of the individuals. So mm-hmm. like the time like jumper, playing. the time jumper thing with yeah. Stacy, uh, having these people, you know, join us on this record. Uh the gig we did uh for
1: for, for Garth Brooks' manager? <laughs> I heard about that. The <laughs> private party for yeah. Oh my god. Yeah.
3: So it's for Bob Doyle, um Major Bob. Yeah. And, and we had
2: to go up and play, and, like, all these artists are in the, like, they're in the crowd.
3: Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood and Steve Warner are just kind of, you know, all the guys jamming out band. to your band.
0: That's so <laughs> You just get to go
3: back to your hotel, and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what just happened? And then the next day you get home, and, you know, you're cleaning up. Or something, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there's the reality. That so, what keeps you guess. humble, right? Hey,
4: yeah. that's
2: it. Man. It's always that way, too. Whatever happens, whatever you do, kind of like one of the greatest gigs of your life. Whatever, it's almost immediately followed it's by ended. one of the probably <laughs> worst gigs of your life, or some sort of you know thing that happens, and it just immediately brings you back down to you know, okay,
0: here we are. But that's the great thing about what we do though is you know we every once in a while we get one of those bones thrown at us and we oh. you know we can just gnaw on that thing for a while it makes everything so much easier to to stomach.
3: It is. And you know, I mean, I I have been one of I have I've had every once in a while a moment where I forget how many awesome things we've had happen, right? So, you know, it's these moments here where, you know, we're feeling pretty low, we're feeling kind of sad, we don't know what, you know, the future's going to hold, but it's given us the opportunity to kind of look back and go wow like there we' we've done some cool stuff like you know it it's hopefully gonna be enough to hold us over until this all comes back to to normal whatever that will be or whatever
2: whatever the new
0: normal is <laughs> if there are moments that you haven't mentioned that that rank high on that list ask that, what yeah. <laughs> what what would it be for each of you
3: all right I'm gonna tell you mine because it's really old this is from my lace days yep we went down to do a Hardee's hamburger commercial, <laughs> and which
4: you
2: can find online. Yes, you know what? Yes. I, <laughs> I, I'll <laughs> send it to you. It's really I, good. Then I'm
3: going to look. I'm. I will find those Christmas shows with sparkly yeah. best man. It's going to happen. Um, uh, and we got so we got flown down to Los Angeles, and it was during the Grammys. And. You know, they took such good care of us, and we stayed at the Mondrian, and it was beautiful. And all these Grammy people, you know, we're just staying at the hotel that everybody is staying at. We're not, you know, involved in any of that stuff, but yep. it was just really cool to, you know, walk past. And Danny Glover is eating breakfast, and Sarah McLaughlin's eating breakfast over here, and da da da, and TLC's in the, you know, in the elevator going up and down. <laughs> we're I was going to the- say
0: they're out chasing waterfalls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Bell.
3: laughs> no, we've been chasing elevators, actually. Yeah. But uh, so we get to go. For some some reason some way we get ourselves into the after party for Warner at uh, the Grammys, and we're walking past Dwight Yoakam and da, da 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 da, and everybody's there. And then we go to this back room, and there's a stage in the back, and they've got people playing, and and, uh, and ACDC is playing. <laughs> <laughs> And so Beverly sweet talks her way up on stage, and we ended up singing like up on stage, me, Giselle, and Bev, with ACDC singing. You know, you shook me all night long, and
0: that's hilarious.
3: And that was and so. I got upstairs and I called Shane because, of course, there were no smartphones back then, right? Like right. Video footage or anything like yep. that. But I called him. I'm like, you are not gonna believe what just <laughs> happened. And that was uh, the first thing I said. Please tell me please someone tell took me a you picture got video. of that. Right. <laughs> Who is gonna ever believe
0: you?
4: Right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was that's my moment. That was uh, that was pretty crazy.
0: Insane. How about you?
3: <laughs> oh man. Um, let me think. Well, I
2: mean, I gotta say, maybe the Opry was a that was a, well, not maybe, definitely the Opry. <laughs> Uh That was a big one for me. Uh, I had had several c- scenarios where I had almost gone to play the Opry with different artists that I was working with and they had said, Hey, we're going to go to the Opry. Do you want to do it? And I was, of course, yes, I want to do it. And every time it would fall through. And I was like, Oh, and then, uh, anyway, a couple of years ago I did get to go and, and play with Dean and, uh, and it was awesome. I mean, I, I knew so much about it. I, you know, it's sort of like the Holy grail if you're playing country music your yeah. whole life is to get to play in the ground lobby. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, I remember walking out. I remember being nervous, but also, you know, talking to myself and going, look, just go out and enjoy this. Like, don't get in your head too much to, you know, worrying about what you're playing. I mean, you got to worry about what you're playing, but but don't stay in your head so much that you don't take a minute and just sort of look out and enjoy that moment. And then, you know, and make sure when you walk across that stage, you drag your boots through that circle. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I did. I, I you know what it's, I don't know I don't know if if I have a follow up to that I just I I'm reliving that moment through your eyes, and it's it's rendered me speechless.
2: Yeah, it was it was awesome. Like and uh, you know all I can say is that really getting an opportunity to do it all it really did was make me want to do it again.
0: Right, yeah. right.
2: You know and just it just the backstage the hang backstage is you know it's just everything I envisioned it would be it was
0: who else was on and, the show that night
2: uh Diamond Rio was on the show um there was uh oh man there was
3: oh what's that group The Bluegrass thing? oh they were amazing what the heck was their name oh something Lonesome oh, oh god we're, you know what we're they're gonna young, have to look it kids, up kids are family and high Lonesome high Lonesome uh, and uh
2: oh my gosh like they are really cool you gotta good. you gotta look them up insanely good and then um I think it might have been Vern Gosden and... uh
3: might have been John... I think John Conley, too. No, sorry, John Conley, not yeah. Vern Gosden. Yeah, yeah. John um, Conley.
2: And, uh, yeah, like, just so many... Uh, it was, you know, there were people that I kind of... I would have loved to have seen that were there that...
3: I would have loved to there. be there, being able to be there to watch that moment, but I had to listen from the couch, and I just... I just cried. I sat on the couch, and I was just weeping.
2: In the backstage areas, the, all the Bluegrassers, uh, they come in and they uh they go backstage mike snyder was there as well and, and uh and uh shad cobb was there playing filled him with him with shad he is uh there's a mandolin player who lives in victoria named jesse cobb mm-hmm. who i've played with uh sometime and he's he's awesome he used to play in a uh, band called the infamous string dusters and he uh hey it's his brother so that was kind of uh, cool i was like hey I know, I know you and uh but they would just like they just play nonstop. the minute they walk in they go in their dressing room the doors open and they just play and play and That's play until it's time for them to go out and play their two songs. And then, then they <laughs> go back and they leave. But it's like up until they they never quit playing. Right. I mean, there's a reason they're all so good. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. They never stopped playing. It was, uh,
0: yeah. I asked Shane uh, earlier about his um, watching you with the Time Jumpers. I'm going to ask you the same question. What was it like? You, you sort of touched on it a second ago. But what was that like for you sitting on the couch at the at the Opry watching your husband play?
3: It was unbelievably powerful. Like I just I remember I'm I remember feeling a little tiny bit sad that I couldn't watch it in person. I remember feeling a teensy little bit jealous because I mean, heck, I wanna play there too someday and I haven't had the opportunity yet. But all of it was, was pride, man. I was mm-hmm. just so proud of the way that he that he played and, and just the excitement and the anticipation as, you know, as you can watch the rest of the, I mean, the live show is kind of exciting anyway, right? Because you can hear everything, and next we're going to have this. And it's just like this. It's, it's an energetic kind of show anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, just the anticipation, waiting for that moment, and knowing how much he was going to kill it and do great, I was just I was so excited for him. So excited.
2: <laughs> That's cool. So now, now our mission is to get the band. The band. Oh, the band. yeah. We've got to get WSA on that stage. I don't know who or what we're going to have to do to make that happen but yeah <laughs> well, that well, didn't really sound right when I think <laughs> of what I just said
4: um, yeah. hey
2: you
3: know what yeah. <laughs> the new normal could be lots of different things
1: <laughs> <laughs> means lots of things for sure Whee!
0: All right, guys, let's let's move on to a thing we like to call Turn Us On. This is where we ask you to turn us on to something that you've recently discovered that you can't live without.
1: It's either a TV oh. show, a book, a band. Oh,
3: my gosh. All right, well, um, so we are late to the game on this, but Schitt's Creek um, has it's been so saving good. my life Girl. over the past mm-hmm. few weeks. Um, we didn't get a chance because, I mean, as you know, as. As anybody who is in a business like we are we don't really have days that are kind of normal we've got these days off you know so we can't really follow a show on the regular so Mm -hmm. most of the time we have to do the binge watch of things and and so we and we we rarely have
2: time to we rarely have time to do it three episodes
3: and then forget everything that happened by the time we get to the the right so, uh, so yeah, I, I would say for me, Schitt's Creek is saving my life.
1: Moira is my spirit animal.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm a David. I'm a. I just. I love oh, everything about and, and Alexis. You David. <laughs> there's actually there's actually a face mask that keeps on popping up on my screen, like as a sponsored ad that you can buy a face mask that says, ew, David.
1: <laughs> and, I, and I'm not lying. I kind of want it. That's great. <laughs> Look it up on Amazon for sure.
2: What I'm
0: about there, you, Jane? Right? Turn us on.
2: Oh, man. Well, I, I would have to agree with Schitt's Creek. Uh, really hilarious. Um, but, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to get nerdy here. Uh, so I recently discovered uh, through Jane Monheit this mandolin player named Aaron Weinstein. And he's from New York. And he's a jazz mandolin player. And he's outrageously good, and he does all this uh, chord and melody stuff that is just kind of—it's mind blowing. I'm, I'm really. loving it's it. It's so beautiful. It's so it's so great. So I've gone down the rabbit hole, and I've actually found some online uh, workshops that he's done, and so I'm I'm sort of falling down that rabbit hole. You know, which is something I would never normally have the time to do because I'd be learning stuff for somebody else all right. the time and instead oh, i'm i'm doing this but anyway aaron weinstein mandolin if you like mandolin uh you got to check this guy out he's he's outrageous he's is so it good.
0: solo performance or is it is he like a featured uh, instrument in a band
2: it's most of what i've seen of him has been solo he does do i mean he does play in bands as well and that's like i, I said i saw he was playing with jane this prior to the pandemic just before she had a show in New York and he was in the band. I was like, Hey, cool. She got a fiddler, a guy who plays fiddle and mandolin in her band. That's cool. And then I looked him up and he's also hilarious. If you go to his Instagram page, he makes these videos that are hysterical. Like he's really funny. So, uh, you know, double points for, for Aaron. On Sweet.
1: That. That's wicked. Okay. So we're going to play one more game before we let you go, because we've got, uh, the both of you on the podcast this week, I want to play the newlywed game. And so, <laughs>
4: you know what? Oh, I don't like this ride.
3: It's scary. <laughs> You do realize that we have to live together in yeah. close proximity. You, you know what? Uh, we'll I'm do play it, it a little the bit. for the rest of the day. <laughs> we'll, we might be drinking a little bit more heavily.
1: We'll play it uh, a little bit differently. So, with each question that I ask, uh, both of you just shout out the name who it would correspond to, right? You know what I mean? Okay. Either okay. either yeah. uh, Shane or Stacy. Okay. Uh, who is the tidiest? Stacy. Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who is the better cook?
2: This is going to be very one sided.
1: (laughs) First movie you saw together.
3: Oh.
2: Harry met Sally. We probably watched it on DVD.
3: Probably. That was The Princess Bride. Anything, anything on CMT that was playing at two in the morning while we were sitting on the
2: couch. <laughs> okay. While we were quote unquote sitting on the couch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Listen, some linda. of those, Does some of those movies you'd have to rewatch, <laughs> probably. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, thing that uh, you would most likely argue about. Oh,
3: something we most likely argue about. Um, lately. Mouth been, noises. <laughs> <laughs> most noises. And. Uh, <laughs> things, I would say. Like, we actually have a pretty healthy debate about stylistic stuff sometimes.
1: Well, I think that's good though, right? I think it is. I think it pushes us to make
3: each other better. It's the one thing that we will
2: definitely argue uh, v- vehemently? The, yeah. Yes. And also mouth noises. <laughs> yeah. I can't eat a banana within uh, 100 yards of Stacy
3: at any time. Although the good news is he knows that, and he also bought me a, a dish towel that says, nobody wants to watch you eat that banana. <laughs> so he knows. Just to be fair, it's not that I eat like a cow. It's just like anybody
2: eating a banana within 100 feet of Stacey would, would be in danger. It's just there's something about it.
0: Well, if you get that trailer uh, soundproof, then Stace can just hide <laughs> out in there.
2: I can come out here and eat bananas.
3: <laughs> no way, man. I get to live in the I get to live in the soundproof place.
1: <laughs> okay, who has the worst handwriting?
2: Oh, oh Shane. Probably me. Although it would be it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Oddly enough, our signatures are
1: purely the same. Yeah. Disney character you are most like. Whoa. So Stacy, you you who does uh, Shane remind you of, and Shane, who does Stacy remind you of? You have kids, <laughs> I say, so I figured you'd Stacey, be up on the Disney movies. Stacy is Belle.
0: Belle. Oh, that's, that's nice. Does that make you the Beast?
3: <laughs> now this is.
2: It's like... not going to go well for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm going to be like the horse and no. tangled or something. Yeah. Right.
3: No, I was going to say like. I was going to give you Olaf or something because you're always making me laugh and you're very kind-hearted. I was going to give you...
2: We have a similar build.
3: <laughs> <laughs> See, no, this is still Alright, whatever I was <laughs> trying to be nice
0: That is great Well, hey guys, thanks for taking the time I know you gotta fly to your live stream tonight But thanks for taking the time to chat with us today
3: uh, okay. It was, it was so
0: much fun, We're... you guys We really appreciate it
3: I can't wait to hang in person I know oh, Me too
0: Let's do a, a hang pretty soon We'll do a little barbecue or something Even if we have to do it distanced We'll do it Thanks, guys
1: Bye Shane and Stacey Lee Guze, thank you so much for speaking with us. And I feel like we probably could have uh, spoken to them for, you know, another hour. The three of you geeking out about uh, some (laughs) amazing musicians is easy to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I probably could have done a whole season. With Shane and Stacy just nerding out about Vince Gill, the Time Jumpers, asleep at the wheel, and Ray Benson—all those guys, just terrific. If you guys haven't delved into Western swing, I strongly encourage you to do that because it's just—it's rich, it's intelligently arranged, it's brilliantly executed. You gotta check out some Western swing music. Let's
1: talk about our socials
0: Yeah, let's do it Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter We are at the show on the go Shoot us a message And we'd love to hear from you If you have any ideas for the show If you want to hear from a certain artist Let us know And we will reach out to them And get them on
1: He's Scotty Kipper.
0: She's Amy Ouse
1: Welcome to the
0: show